You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Welcome to Hello, Francis. My name is Chantel Dedeke, and um, I like to start each of our episodes by, um, I don't know, offering an alternative title here for myself. I've been like chief coffee maker, which is like a legit thing that I do around here. Mm -hmm. I also purchase the toilet paper here at Francis Roy and all of our other supplies. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Primary dishwasher, but I will say this, we have an enormous stack of dishes right now. So that's unfortunate, and I am severely slacking. Primary dishwasher. Um, from what I understand, there is no secondary dishwasher. So <laughs> there is. Yeah. There's. I wish it were electric. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I wish we had like a kitchen. Yeah. Our kitchen is our bathroom. That's a whole nother story for a different day. Uh, I understand. I have the same um, the same setup at our gym. So Well, I'm so excited about this week. And um, so as our listeners know, Hello Francis is a podcast for not for people who are necessarily interested in marketing, which is what our agency does here at Francis Roy, but it's for people who are curiously creative, which are my favorite type of creative people. And nano entrepreneurs, so people who just like wake up one day or maybe never sleep because they have this compulsion to like create new things. And uh, we like to gather these people together because all of us, uh, you know, I just think um, just naturally we're seekers of knowledge and purpose and then organically we're seekers of community as well. So we look for people who are like us and um, we bring all these people together. We're real people. We're going through real shit. That's kind of in our bio line. And we bring our guests and our friends. And I'm happy to say that our guest today is a client, guest, friend, mentor, like all of the above. I've got Ken Shaka with me today. Ken, Hello. we can call you Ken. Hello. Ken's fine. I okay. go by Ken. Yeah. I've got many, many names. I wear many, many hats. So Fine. Well, let's talk about those hats, Ken. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. So, um, Ken, you are the owner, founder, like chief... Um, baby launcher at um, Rock Out Climbing Gym. Yes. Tell our listeners a little bit about Rock Out and what you, and just tell us about you. Okay. And what you're doing there. I, I, I guess I can start with me and a little bit of my story. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a father. I am the owner of Rock Out Climbing Gym, I'm currently a major in the United States Air Force Reserves. Mm-hmm. So like I said, a bunch of different hats that, that get worn. Uh, I'm, I'm a son, both my parents are, are still around. They're both here right now visiting this week, which has been great. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I do a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and um, try to carve out the appropriate amount of time for, for all that stuff. but. How it all got started was I uh, grew up in New Jersey, and uh, I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm into a lot of the other adventure-type activities and sports, not just rock climbing. So I started snowboarding and backpacking and mountain biking and got into just uh, kind of adrenaline-focused things and uh, a lot that just really gets the, gets the engine going. Uh, so joined the Air Force after college and uh, went a bunch of different places, did a bunch of different things. Uh, wound up in Albuquerque, New Mexico for some training, and that's where I started rock climbing for the first time at an indoor climbing gym there called Stone Age. Walked in my first day and just got hooked. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the industry marketing folks tell us as gym owners that people start to identify as rock climbers the first time they buy their first pair of climbing shoes. 
So I left the gym that day after being in rentals and I went to REI and I bought a pair of climbing shoes. So I guess I, I've identified myself as a climber since right. day one of, uh, of, of climbing. Nice. Uh, that was sport climbing, which is it had ropes and harnesses. Uh, um, we have a bouldering gym. I'll get into that a little bit later, I guess. Mm-hmm. But so that was in 2007. I started rock climbing. Uh, I'm still in the Air Force. Went a couple different places, uh, got a couple different duty assignments, and then I wound up back here in Florida in 2014, and I was looking uh, for some personal reasons to transition from the active duty Air Force to the Reserve Force. Mm-hmm. In doing so, I was going to have to find kind of another job, because although I had a limited opportunity to still work full-time with the Reserves, I didn't uh, I didn't want it. I wanted a, a, a different path, a different set of challenges. Mm-hmm. So I started looking around at the things I was interested in. I thought about being an outdoor guide in Wyoming and kind of having a base of operations here and then going to do trips for months at a time out there and come back. Uh, I actually did one of those trips, an expedition, in 2016 before I got out of the active duty, and that was my plan. So I came home with that plan, and I was telling my wife all about it and how she was going to love it, and I wanted her to get certified too, and then she told me that she was pregnant. So being away for months at a time wasn't really going to fit into that current schedule. Mm. So... uh, started looking at opening up the business. I come from a business background, my dad owned a business, and I studied business in college, so it's what I knew, even though that had been you know, uh, 14 years prior that I, I had graduated college. So uh, a good business is one that you are passionate about and right. that you're interested in, so rather than opening up a tropical smoothie franchise or something along those lines. Which is delicious. Absolutely. And a great (laughs) business and a great idea if you're looking at franchising. Uh, But uh, I wasn't going to find myself passionate about that. Right. So I started looking at both what I was into and also maybe some holes in the the market around here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there is, and there still is kind of a lack of indoor slash adventure type of activities in, in this area. Right. So... Uh, given my my passion for rock climbing mm-hmm. and the uh, the opportunity that presented itself for an indoor climbing gym, I thought that maybe would be a good idea. Yeah. So I started researching it. You know, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, took it up kind of as a hobby. Saturday morning, cup of coffee and a computer, and just started looking into the the climbing industry. I never worked in a climbing gym, and I never owned a climbing gym. Mm, same uh, brother. Yeah, but thought uh, thought it could be cool. Right, mm-hmm. that was the the end of my life at that point in time, right there. And, right. Uh, <laughs> so the more I got into it, the more I started learning about it, and mm-hmm. I became a sponge, and I was kind of digging back to all my uh, my my education in business, and yeah, you know, started looking into different. Um, different marketing aspects, different mm-hmm. accounting options, different uh, just financials, and really just got wrapped up in it really fast. And yeah. I, I say that, but you know, you're looking over the course of um, probably about six months of me just digesting a bunch of information until I finally pulled the trigger and mm-hmm. went to you know, sunbiz.org. And we all start at some big biz dog. Yeah, in Florida. everybody in Florida <laughs> like finds first... itself there hovering the mouse yeah. over that little button like, ah, what am I going to name? Uh, let me go walk around the house for a minute and I'll come back and maybe click the button and right, drop the credit right. card. And, uh, yeah, so SunBiz is where we, we start our companies here in Florida. So, yes. Um, I did that in November uh, because I realized that there is a process and you need to be a company before Correct. you can like start and own a company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's where Rock Out Climbing Gym LLC began. Uh, was at that so point cool. in November. Uh, I already knew because I went to a conference on uh, with the Climbing Wall Association about the climbing industry. So I kind of knew a little bit more. I had, you know, a little bit of knowledge is, is a dangerous but also a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I had already started on a business plan. I had already started on uh, financials. So mm -hmm. uh, at that point in time, it, it got real, and yeah. um, the business was created. I contracted with uh, with the climbing wall company mm -hmm. the the next month, and found the property. The uh, next month. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Found the property a month after that, which was one of the harder things was finding the appropriate retail or not retail, um, commercial physical location. For I can the, imagine. For the right. Cause nothing goes upward in this part of Florida. Right. So, um, we found a spot and the spot only had 20 some feet of vertical clearance, which mm -hmm. doesn't really lend itself to a, a full service climbing gym with okay. you know, 15 meters of 45 ish, 50 foot walls. Uh, so we decided to open up a bouldering gym, which is climbing without ropes and harnesses. Mm -hmm. So the, that helped because then you can start to frame your financials a little bit more. And I started to figure yeah. it out and, and drill it down and, and get it into, get it into. That's so interesting. I don't think I knew frame. that. I, I don't think I I ever knew that bouldering just wasn't your intention, but mm -hmm. I, there are a couple things. One is, and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to start something. It's just that match between something in your life that finds you or you find it and then something happens and like, boom, it's like the big bang, right? Ugh, yeah. And I, I left that title out of, you know, my titles earlier when I was talking about yeah. the things that I do because I feel like. I feel like I was an entrepreneur in starting the business right. and now I own it and it's, you know, all encompassing and overwhelming. Sure. Um, but there's, there's only a given amount of time before I either, you know, move away and detach ownership and management or just sell the business. And mm -hmm. then I, 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 I give myself a year before I'm looking into doing something else. And right. No, I think it, that it's such an interesting point because, um, I like call myself a serial entrepreneur yeah. all the time. Like from the time that I started selling Girl Scout cookies, I was just like, yes, yes, son. I'm going to create my own business. <laughs> I'm going to have my own business cards. I'm going to be running my own shit. Like I'm going to do something. I'm going to create something. And then over my life, I mean, it's just like that entrepreneurial personality, things find you and mm -hmm. you just start manifesting and like doing. And I didn't realize that, you you know, your intention was not to do bouldering because I guess that always seems so organic to me. Like you're a bouldering gym. Like I didn't really understand that process necessarily, but I think it goes to show like the difference between people who would see that as a huge hurdle and then just totally quit by the way. Yep. And then individuals like yourself that are like, okay, well, yeah, we can't do this like one thing, but we're going to change it up and it's going to do this other thing. And you, and, it, and you're doing that other thing. Mm -hmm. I just have never heard you even complain about that. Yeah. I, f I found the property and it was still under construction. So, uh, it was the middle of the winter. Like I said, it was mm -hmm. December ish timeframe, January ish. And, uh, so I pulled up, the doors were open cause they had just installed the, the front doors. They didn't even have overhead doors in the back yet. So mm -hmm. I remember walking in cause it was a weekend. So the construction <clears throat> site was a man probably trespassing, but whatever. It's uh, it's, it's my MO. Yeah. Um, and I was standing in the middle of this giant building, you know, giant mm -hmm. horizontal, not necessarily vertical. And I was alone and I was just, my mind's eye was, was building climbing walls and seeing retail area and, mm -hmm. and the whole mine. And I can distinctly remember sitting there and just saying to myself out loud, this could work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's such a powerful moment. Oh, I still get emotional. Like I know about it, it you freaks know? you out too. So I got the car and I took pictures mm -hmm. and I sat in the car for a couple minutes and just dead silence and just kept thinking. And, um, yeah, I contacted the, mm. uh, 
the the agent who had the listing to so cool. get an official visit and yeah just like that and then was that guy just like what are you I'm sorry what are you going to build it everybody um, right. in the area <laughs> when I told him what I was doing he's like I'm sorry what right eh? like what's going in here like yeah. we thought there was going to be like a Starbucks in here exactly or something yeah some most people didn't see it being successful like just yeah. from, from from the jump uh, I went had a consultation with an accountant at one point in time and it was an older gentleman mm-hmm. and we're sitting there talking about the plan this that back and forth and he stops and he just kind of was silent for a second and he was nodding his head up and down and he said son you're gonna retire on a wall and I looked at him like what he goes you're gonna build a wall and you're making enough money to retire this is, this is genius I love it <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, yeah, you get it. Yeah, you get it. Um, Oh wow. So yeah, uh, it just it all happened so fast too. Yeah. I mean, you look back and uh, you think things are never going to happen. You know, we're never going to get to opening day. Ah, this is crazy. Um, But it really does happen so Mm -hmm. fast from that moment you click the button to create your company to. printing your business cards and you know you're so excited when they come in the mail and then you're like oh once again this is the end of my life every time I hand one out right <laughs> right um but uh but no it, it it comes it comes just so fast everything yeah. does and that's part of the excitement right that's part of that adrenaline that right. goes back to what I talked about earlier of the, the way I got into different things growing mm-hmm. up was like excitement and adrenaline cool this yeah. is this is great this is a rush this is this is all happening um but yeah that that speed I I don't think I was prepared for that mm-hmm. for how fast it happened but mm-hmm. luckily that's that's who I am it's just rolling with it and dealing with it yeah and um it it just worked yeah yeah it's really cool in there i remember just us talking and meeting about it for the first time and i saw the the mock ups of you know the gym and all of that seeing that and experiencing inside like what actually is going on is totally different you don't expect it you don't expect it in this area I think especially you know we lived in Wyoming you know and went down to Colorado a lot and it's like you think of something like rock out there mm-hmm. not necessarily 100% here and so um, because of that you're growing this like organic community from the ground up but let's talk about your first 90 days right because I think this is so interesting I almost think you can have an entire podcast and just we're talking to entrepreneurs about the first 90 days and like the crazy stuff that happens to you in the first 90 days and what kind of hurdles I mean obviously so now we know that I mean you honestly just even changed the type of business that you were offering right because of some uh, limitations but can you talk to us about the first 90 days like what is that like for someone who is essentially honestly building a mountain on the beach yeah so uh, we did a little preparation where you sent me the questions, and I'm looking at the questions, and mm-hmm. one of them was, tell us about the first 90 days. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't remember. I couldn't put my finger on anything yeah, because it, right. it all went so fast. And so it's only been two and a half years, right? So much has happened between now yeah. and then. Um, I feel like I've got a pretty good memory, even at my advanced age. But uh, I couldn't really pinpoint anything to, to bring up, right? Yeah. So I went back in my calendar, my iCalendar, and oh, I, okay. I just like looked to see what was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I went to the back of my email when I created a company, and I fast forward a couple months, and, and so then I saw what emails I was getting. So it helped jog my mind a, a, a bunch. So uh, the first day, first ninety days of being in business, like opening the doors, mm-hmm. um, like the first thing that rushed to my mind was stress. <laughs> right. Right. Um, because you've got this bank loan, you've got these yep. people that now work for you, right? Some moved into the area. Josh moved down here from Pennsylvania. Right. Um, so like this. And you're just like, holy crap, these people have to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm responsible for this. Yes. And then, uh, you know, three months prior to us opening, um, my son arrived. So oh, wow. I've got, yeah, that's yeah, right. in March, he's there. In June, we're 
were open, right? So one of the first things I saw on my calendar was uh, Cooper's first day daycare the, the week after we we opened up, and yeah. so which is a major family life event event yeah. for your first child. Yes, so huge. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, my mom was able to come down and help. My wife took some time off work, and then and she made all of us chocolate chip cookies that were amazing. Yes, Wendy, God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I looked further in my calendar, and you know, so that's boom, family, right? And, and yep. I'm looking for business stuff, and then I see, um, you know, a a ground training period for the reserves. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I was I was still doing that too. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm thinking back. I'm like, oh my god, I was still doing all these things at the same time while yeah. you know within the first week, two weeks of, of opening the doors at, at this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of the other stuff in the calendar was you know, can work full gym, can work a uh, half day gym, can work you know full gym, and there's right. more can work full day gyms. Uh, I share my calendar with my wife, so right. we knew where the heck each other was going to be at any point in time. Well, you have the, one of the most structured calendars I've ever seen in another human being. <laughs> it's so crazy. Got I've it. seen like you pull out this like I don't know. It looks like a Gantt chart kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't do this until I do this, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And that's I have so three, insane. I have three calendars, really four, because mm-hmm. I, I have my personal calendar with my wife that we share. So they're really two wrapped up in one. Um, I've got the gym calendar for all our employee scheduling and mm-hmm. for events and whatnot. And then I've got my Air Force schedule with all of that craziness and madness. Crazy. So, you know, I probably should figure out a good way to get them all together. But my system is just I have all three next to each other and I just cross-reference as I go across and figure out when I can do what what I have time for. Yeah, I think like two weeks ago I was like, hey, do you have time to like come on the show and do a podcast? And you like push your schedule over to me and look like madness. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know. And you were like, oh, no, no, that's all open. Yeah. And I was like, um, it doesn't days. look it doesn't <laughs> um, Well, and... You know, for for those of us who are entrepreneurs and, and there are lots of people, I mean, I think for me, the lesson just like, you know, interacting with you and us working together and being friends and just, you know, mentoring back and forth and all of that has been the, there really is no perfect time. If you have to do something, you just have to do it. Yeah. You have to get it out. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes there are things in my brain. I'm like, I have got to create this or I've got to bring somebody on my team that can create it or I've got to gather a team together to put it together mm-hmm. like I cannot sleep and um, if there are people out there that are listening they're like okay when is the right time to start this project podcast blog whatever you're gonna do I, my advice is always like there's never a right time you just have to do it mm-hmm. like pull a band-aid I mean are, what are your thoughts about that yeah so um, really along the same lines the the best time to do anything is, is yesterday right uh, because tomorrow's not guaranteed yeah and today is today's almost over right so yeah. um, the more the more urgency you, you can have in, mm. in getting uh, getting something started to get it accomplished yeah is is that swift kick in the pants that you need and somebody I, I, I either read it or somebody told it to me um, once you put it on a calendar mm-hmm. the day to do something and then you tell people about it right right you you're just you basically force yourself to do it yeah people I say people like us I mean people with this mindset of I'm going to do it right so right. people will never pull the trigger and that's okay because they're that's fine they're, they're, yeah they're not meant to do it yeah uh, people that internally have this drive and, and this this uh, yep. sickness of entrepreneurial um, yeah, it's an en- endeavor oh absolutely mm-hmm. uh, once you put it on a calendar and then you tell people about it you you are held to it in the sense that you hold yourself to it and and then you do everything you can in your power to to make that happen right 
Yeah. Um, and those, <laughs> those steps are, are stressful, right? And, yes. uh, and it doesn't get easier, mm-hmm. you know, to, to anybody out there who's thinking of it. It, it, it's a, it's a challenging road. It's a difficult road. It, it is rewarding, right? Sure. Um, there are, there are failures and, and you just, uh, mm-hmm. you, you do everything you can to make sure that the successes, uh, outnumber the failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, it's, it's so great because with every failure, it gives you an opportunity to then turn it around into something that will succeed. Right. Um, so yeah, just, just, you, ha- you have to do it, right? Yeah. You have to just take those steps and really plunge, I guess. And hold on because yeah. it, I think in, for me in the beginning, I definitely was the owner of Francis Roy. I mean, I still am on paper, but it owns me, you right. know? Oh yeah. Like I work for Francis Roy. Mm-hmm. I work for my team. I, you know, there, there is, to, it's not this like luxury of like, I'm making my own schedule, which I thought naively yeah. I was going to oh, do. own your own business. <laughs> yeah. Right. You get all the free time. Right. The reward, like the the investment, I think, and sacrifice, and sacrifice is kind of a bad word, and I don't know if that's the right word, but the investment of personal time, resources, your, like, soul, essentially, Mm -hmm. is a lot, but the reward is, like, triple, double, quadruple of anything I ever experienced working for anyone else. Yeah. It's it's kind of like I read not too long ago about uh, raising a child. Mm -hmm. You know, the the not-so-great times far far outnumber the great times, but the great times are, are so, so great. great. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. rewarding that people look at, um, parenting and, and it, it's, it's a, you know, more often than not a feeling of elation and like, yes, I, I, I love it. I love being a parent. Yeah. Um, and it's very much the same with the business. You yeah. Know, I, I love, I love owning the business or the business owns me. When you mm-hmm. click that button, you, you created an entity. Right. And that entity, like you said, then does kind of own a piece of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, there are moments where it is it is so rewarding uh, that, that that makes up for all the other stuff. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then I think you have to be prepared to create entrepreneurs in your children because that happens. First of all, it happens ironically. Second of all, it happens involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Because they're just like, oh, you're, you know, and sometimes because you're splitting the time, it's kind of like when you talk to chefs or whatever, like that becomes a family business because it's like, if you want to see me, yeah, you got to come, you got to, you got to come in here. We have to be together working on a project. So, so interesting. Um, so one of the questions was, and and I love, I love this concept that you built a mountain. Essentially, most Mm -hmm. people are trying to overcome one. You, you just decided you were going to build, which I find to be hilarious. And so like your personality, just knowing you from a personal perspective, but it's building a community, a client community, how high on the priority list is that? Top of the priority list, mm-hmm. honestly. So uh, from the climbing gyms that I've experienced across country, across the world, mm-hmm. uh, you walk in and everyone is, is very unique. Right? Mm-hmm. Even the, the cookie clutter globo gyms, as we call them, that are, are just growing in favor in large cities that are mm-hmm. corporation run, you know, rather than the, the mom and pop, as they say, like, like we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of them still has their own feel. Mm-hmm. And it's because if you had a, a gym of any type or a, um, a social gathering place of any type, it's empty without people. Yeah. Right. Uh, you need yep. people to, to, to have any type of feeling of anything in there. Sure. Like our, our walls made out of wood. It's very aesthetically pleasing and it does have its own feel when like you just walk in alone. Sure. But when you walk in and our community of people are there and they're all laughing and the music's playing and or they're screaming and maybe crying a little bit uh, <laughs> right you know but supporting one another uh it's the community that really makes the business and gives it that feel of what it is and right. that's a big draw to uh to a climbing gym is mm. what's the community like um mm, that's part of the reason that multiple gyms can survive in different more populous places because <clears> each <throat> one has kind of its own feel mm, interesting yeah um so you know we're we're the only one in the area 
area. Mm-hmm. Um, on and, one from, let me get, I'm going I'm to see if I can, Pensacola, right? There is an outdoor store in Pensacola that has but a not dedicated wall in it. Correct. to yep. in, to and they were the only thing for the longest time. Right, uh, and they do have their own little community of people out there. Of that, course, that, that climb there. but they come to you and climb as well. Yep, which, they do. You know, because so. we offer something different, and yeah. you know, we have our our own community, which they're a part of ours, and some of some of our climbers here still go out there because that's where they they yeah. started or uh, had some um, some reason to go out there. Right. So yeah, the the communities do kind of um, intermingle a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, but that is the closest to us for sure. Right. The next would be Tallahassee and then Birmingham and New Orleans. So yeah, crazy. quite a stretch. And yeah. what, um, how intuitive it was for you to like, take a look and be like, oh, okay, I want to climb a rock and there are none. So I'm just going to call some dudes in Utah and they're going to build one. <laughs> yep. That's essentially it, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh, in, in so many words. Yeah. Florida's really flat. And yeah. um, there are a number of climbing gyms here, you know, going down the peninsula and back up. Mm-hmm. But in this area, there there were none. And yeah. so to get to any type of outdoor climbing or another climbing gym, you got to drive hours in, in uh, a few different directions to, to get to it. Yeah. So that was part of what I what I spoke of earlier, finding kind of that, that opening in the market mm-hmm. um, and there being a need for it and taking the risk, taking the plunge that it was going to be yeah. successful just based on the fact that I knew there was it was something that I wanted. Right. And something that if it were here, I would go to and I would pay for a membership in and I would be a part of the community. Right. Um, and I knew there's a lot of other people that are like me in this area. And yeah. So just informally talking to people, I didn't. I never did a, an actual survey, mm-hmm. um, official survey, but I talked to a lot of people yeah. and uh, studied demographics in the area and uh, put two and two together and yeah. you know decided to to go ahead and do it. Well, because there's so there's something so incredibly exciting about having an open market, uncontested market space. Mm-hmm. Like you can see it, like um, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy uh, is like one of my favorite stra- like strategic type of programs. They call that like Blue Ocean obviously because red ocean is where all the competitors are okay you know, all of these really great companies like hmm. Cirque du Soleil and Southwest who just disrupted their industry were looking for this kind of blue ocean so bringing something to the market where all the sharks weren't fighting over the same meat kind of thing that's the way to look at it um, yeah. which is really cool but also very terrifying like yeah. you would think because you're just like oh my gosh I have this no pun but blue ocean on the coast where there's no market camp competition but mm-hmm. then you get this overwhelming feeling that you're alone yeah and right. even back to the community piece if if you open a climbing gym in an area that has outdoor rock climbing as part yeah. of the culture then it's kind of no-brainer if there's nothing because around. it's seated it's there yeah, exactly. you have a community. it's, it's like, just new rock you told me that right yeah, yeah exactly you were like people are always looking for new rock Chantel. that's what yeah. you told me i'm like i have no idea that means but yay i'm gonna want to be a part of it <laughs> so. <laughs> so so building that community i i knew that we weren't going to just be able to open the door and a bunch of previous climbers would would walk in the door sure there's a lot of transplants in the area so some people would have climbed before right um, but we were going to have to build climbers, right? And and yeah. build the community of climbers. Organically, too. I mean, your yeah. your social media growth is organic. So you have fantastic engagement. Your community, everyone's so invested. Like, we've done some testimonial videos and all that. And, and everyone who climbs there is very passionate about the way the gym has changed their life or integrated their life or opened up something new for them or mm. whatever. And that comes from this prioritizing your community. Mm. Um, you know, most people want to build something and they want 
want to market out to the masses as quickly as possible when in fact the the closer you can get this your sphere of influence you know building this organic community of people who are as passionate as you are who then become evangelical in a sense mm-hmm. um, in a non-religious way of course um, about your product and then they just kind of push it to their sphere of influence and before you know it you're you've not really had to spend millions of dollars on marketing to market a product that really just spread kind of organically yeah uh and and you got to put in the work early right you got to create the right environment and you have to or at least the the way that we approached it and multiple ways to do things but the way that we approached it and i feel like we were successful in in doing that in the early stages of planting those seeds and letting that community kind of grow you're the one that digs the hole and plants the seed and waters it and waters it waters it right right then it grows that thing then drops its own little seedlings around and those things grow right and then before you know it you're in the middle of a forest hopefully um yeah but uh it it takes work to plant those seeds initially and to water it and to care for it and nurture it yeah and to replant yeah give it the right environment (laughs) yeah and you know then you get an early freeze and you weren't prepared for it and, and things start to die right but yeah. uh, that was that was another big part of in in the beginning like is this gonna is mm-hmm. it gonna work right yeah um, we were late in opening from our target date which if I, I give a I give a decent amount of advice to people who are trying to open climbing gyms on their own and I get contacted a lot about it so um, whenever it comes down to opening day I tell them to pick their opening day add a month and right. then probably add another month just onto to. it just, yeah. just because right, <laughs> right. Uh, because I experienced that firsthand and that was extremely stressful and frustrating mm-hmm. at the same time because things happen out of your control right? sure. but you still right you put, it, put the date on the calendar told everybody about it and you want to do everything you can to right. make that happen but then that day comes and we got our certificate of occupancy and it came a little late but that was all right because we just needed to get it done and get the doors open and i remember coming back from the city of destin after i got the, the tax receipt and ripping the sign off the the window that said you know not open and then we posted on social and within an hour we had like a half a dozen people in the gym climbing so crazy yeah and i was just like oh, okay this this is day one right <sighs> i rem- i remember the first 90 days for you guys and i remember seeing a look on your face that only entrepreneurs understand and that is when everything's good you're more panicked <laughs> <laughs> Right? So when everything is good, you're just like, oh, crap. Everything is great. Mm -hmm. Because immediately you begin to formulate in your brain, like, what's next? Mm -hmm. Growth, expansion, all of this crazy stuff. Because as the visionary, your eye is on the future. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sure, celebrate and appreciate in your present. You try to be as present in it as possible. But it does always open up this huge, you know, maybe tunnel or avenue or department or whatever that you just never expected because of success. Yeah. And there is there there is a lot to it as far as um, that, that growth piece. Because yeah. when you open, we opened and it was kind of, I won't say bare bones, we had the necessities, but there was a lot of stuff that got chopped off from the yeah. budget that like got put to, let's do this later when we have money. Right. Um, and that's okay because you're still rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we needed to get that engine running mm-hmm. so that we could get some returns so that we could then grow and, and add to it. So a lot of that first 90 days was, uh, you know, figuring out what, what we needed to move and then kind of triaging it, figuring out like, yeah. when we could do it, right? Because, you know, payroll comes around and I got to I gotta check the bank account, make sure I got yeah. enough <laughs> to cover payroll, right? right? And then Listeners the, cannot see you with both hands on your head, which oh, I well, wish. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
remembering the stress and grabbing the top of my head like I'm ripping my hair out right now. Uh, but sales tax, right? That comes yes. to it. You're like, yeah, money's coming in, but then the man comes in and gets his take of it. So yeah. uh, all, all these things that are uh, challenges and struggles and um, problems, right? Which problems aren't a bad thing. No. Especially rock climbers and mountaineers, we, we look at a mountain and we see a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people look at a problem and they see a mountain. But when you kind of realize that those things are interrelated, that we, so cool. we climb mountains, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't make it all the way to the top. Yeah. Uh, but we, we give it a shot. That's and really that's, cool. that's, that's, that's problem solving. And, yeah. And uh, people, in, people in this community are really good at it. We call our roots problems, right? Yeah. Um, As a marketer, I can see that being like, um, in, like quote overlay on like a thousand different Pinterest boards. Yeah. Words of wisdom, my friend. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I want to, I want to finish with one, um, one question. Um, Stuart, you know, we're running a business around here. So the phone's ringing. That's good. It's when yeah. they don't ring. So yeah. <laughs> when you want to worry about it. The phone is ringing. Oh, I'm going to turn it down. But, um, and it's just been so amazing having you here. And, you know, obviously when we started the podcast, we, I make, a, I always make a list of 10. More um, business. Keep it coming. 10. Like, what do we want? <laughs> and, um, you know, who do we want? Who do we want on our podcast? Who do we want as clients? Like, I'm constantly making those lists, and obviously you're in our top 10. But before we close out here, like, what do you want everyone to know about bouldering? Like, what's the one thing? Maybe two things. Maybe three. I thought about this, and the all-encompassing is bouldering is life-changing. Yeah. Period. Mm. That's open-ended because there's another sentence after that. Okay. Uh, and there's a whole paragraph and probably a whole book after that. But yeah. it will change your life. Ken Jager, are you going to write a book? Is that what you just told us? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I know someone that can design that cover. I know a really good publicist. No. I might uh, I, I might engage that individual, but that's right. not a hat I want right. I, I, I to put on. But uh, he can write my book. Right. No, sure. that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Well, I've really enjoyed you being on the podcast today. And I think you have provided so many just like tidbits of information and, um, you know, really like structured things that people can think about and consider and maybe who knows you may have like helped someone start something which i think is so huge and really is the intention of our podcast yeah um so thank you for being here that's awesome i'm happy to be here well um and thank you guys for listening um to hello francis we're so excited and next week on monday we will have a new episode and we're just kind of unpacking and rolling we're out of our culture series now but if you would like comment share subscribe i think subscribe is a thing definitely i'm really horrible at this part of the podcast <laughs> you got people for that i know right and then francisroy.com we um, uh, slash podcast and then you can also send me an email at hello Francis um, you can send me a text no I'm just kidding don't text me <laughs> it's in my signature line um, but thank you so much and we'll see you next next week for something new thank you Ken bye bye